Are you concerned about the air that you're breathing, especially with increasing air pollution? We all know how vital indoor air quality is, and here's where Puro Air steps in to make the difference. Did you know that indoor air can be up to 100 times, 100 times dirtier than the air outside? That's where Puro Air comes to the rescue. In just 30 minutes, this revolutionary device can transform the air in your room by removing allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases. But what sets Puro Air apart is its cutting-edge HEPA-14 filter, a powerhouse that tackles pollutants at a microscopic level. And it's not just me saying that, Puro Air is backed by scientists from both Harvard and MIT. I personally loved having a Puro Air purifier. I feel like I can breathe again, especially after battling congestion for like the last month. Winter can be tough, but within an hour, it was crazy. I could feel my sinuses beginning to open up. I slept through the night without coughing, and I've been sleeping so much better now that we have a Puro Air running in our bedroom. So check it out at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time, getpuroair.com. If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as lime margarita and grapefruit paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at takearecess.com minimalist. Every can of Recess boasts a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients and a calorie count of 25 or less. It's a guilt-free option for winding down during dry January. Again, whether it's the end of a demanding day, a dinner gathering, or simply a moment to unwind, these mocktails are the perfect choice. You won't miss the alcohol, and you certainly won't miss dealing with a hangover. Get 15% off Recess mocktails now at takearecess.com minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. All parents want their children to thrive, but what does that actually look like and what does it take to get there? In her new book, The Whole and Healthy Family, Jody Maccabee shares her parenting philosophy, one that encourages the equipping of each unique child to be able to function as a whole person so that they can enter adulthood as physically, spiritually, and mentally healthy individuals. Today we'll be discussing how to create a simple home environment, staying active as a family, serving together, and much more. Before we get into the conversation, I wanted to share my minimalist resource with you for this week. I love the Ritual podcast, and I will be sure to link it in the show notes if you haven't checked it out. But he has, I don't even really know, he has athletes on, inspirational individuals, um, doctors, scientists. I just really love his show. It's all about health and wellness of the mind, the body, the spirit. Recently, he had an interview with author Max Fisher, who wrote The Chaos Machine, the inside story of how social media rewired our minds and our world. So I guess my resource is twofold this week. It's both the conversation that Max Fisher had on the Ritual podcast, which I'll be sure to link, and then his book, The Chaos Machine. Max makes the bold statement, social media acts like a drug and people should think of it as one. One of the reasons that I appreciated this conversation was because it's obviously something that I think a lot about, social media, phones, 
the impact that it has on our kids because it wasn't something that was present in my childhood. When I was leaving high school, I know uh, Zanga, I don't know if a lot of you are familiar with that, but Zanga and MySpace were just becoming popular. So, I mean, that was basically the extent of which I had access into other people's lives and not this day-to-day comparison and access to information, access to news, access to people that might not have my best interest in mind. So... I myself have not finished the book, but I will say from the conversation and what I have read that Max has done quite the deep dive investigation on this topic. And this book just brings awareness to how social media is reshaping our world. As with any book that you consume and that I consume, I guess I can speak from personal experience, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with everything that's stated. But all in all, this book is timely and maybe one to read on audiobook. I think that things like this are sometimes better processed when we hear them being read to us. So the book is The Chaos Machine by Max Fisher. Okay, let's get into this conversation with Jody Mockaby. So Jody, I am really excited about your new book, The Whole and Healthy Family, Helping Your Kids Thrive in Mind, Body, and Spirit. And I know you can't judge a book by its cover, but I saw the cover of this one and I was like, oh, I want to read that. It's It looks awesome. <laughs> so I do also, now that I've had a chance to read through it, you have so much wisdom and encouragement to parents looking to provide that sustenance for mind, body, and spirit. I think so often we neglect one area and it does feel really overwhelming to hit all of them. But I was going to tell you, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to hit on because there's so much here, but you do have a chapter on simplicity, but go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell me who you are. If you consider yourself to be a minimalist at all, and then we'll get into your book. Okay. My name is Jody Mockaby. I've been married for 18 years and I have five children ranging from ages 16 down to 10 years old. And the 10 year olds are actually identical twin boys. So we had five children super quick within six years. And so, I mean, we haven't opened up this conversation yet, but I would say having so many children so close together so quickly, it really forced us to create a simple environment at home just so that we could feel like we were surviving and even thriving a little bit in that stage where everything seems a little bit chaotic and unknown. Part of the heart of the book is kind of going through those years. I like to call them the trenches with having young kids that are loud and needy and you don't know who they are quite yet and you're trying to figure it all out. And so the reason the book is written is simply just to help share what we did so that our children could thrive and so that we could thrive in a home environment and just as a family unit. So I found you through you homeschool. I really like you say this book is not a guide or a standard, but a reflection of what has worked in our home with our individual gifts, weaknesses, and personalities. And you talk a lot about that, how, well, I talk a lot about that too, that minimalism is not a one size fits all as is parenting. Sometimes we try and take every little bit of what someone says. And then when we fail or it doesn't work best for our family, we feel defeated and it's like the cyclical thing. So I really do like that you preface all of this in that way, because I think it takes some of the pressure off to kind of pick and choose what we want from what has worked for you. 
Right. And I think even minimalism, in a sense, is picking and choosing. I don't think there can be really a clear definition of what a minimalist lifestyle is, because it does depend on what your family values are, or what your personal values are. And so who are you to tell me what I need to edit down in my life? You know, we have to know what our personal standards are, what we need in order to function correctly. And then we need to edit down based off of our own personal needs. I don't think I can go out there and tell everyone this is what you need to eliminate because every family has different values. There's a book out there called Essentialism. I don't know if you've read that. I would always consider myself more of like an essentialist than a minimalist because first of all, if you're a homeschooler, it's pretty difficult to be a minimalist. (laughs) You have books and you have enrichment materials and you have learning materials and those, as much as we try to purge what we don't use and give away what we don't use, I also want a lot of materials on hand for the children to discover themselves and kind of get lost in. And so as a result of that, our homeschool is not minimalist, it's essential. You know, I've chosen what stays and every item has a purpose. Mm -hmm. So as long as you look through that lens of making sure that everything is purposeful, I think that is where you can cater it to decide for yourself what your definition of minimalism is. Absolutely. Right before we hopped on this call, I was decluttering our homeschooling hutch. This is my second year homeschooling. And I cannot believe how much I have consumed or just taken from friends that they're passing it off to me. And I'm like, okay, not all this actually is essential. There are those books, those reference books, those resources that I want long-term that I'm like, oh, Charlotte or Martin could do an essay on this, or they could research this historical event. I don't know. I like to have that kind of stuff lying around. So maybe not every minute would say that that's minimalist of me. But I do think that what you said, what is essential? And to me, the capability to gather information and gather knowledge at our fingertips. If the internet went away tomorrow, I love that we have those resources. So that's why I keep it. Exactly. And I kind of have these like rules and standards in my head for everything throughout the house. Mm -hmm. So for homeschooling specifically, for me, if we've used the item already, say it's a book that we all read together aloud and all five kids were at the age where I know they wouldn't necessarily reread it because they'll remember it or something. Before I give it away, I ask myself, is this a book that I would want to read to my grandchildren? And that usually passes or fails. And it's kind of fun because to me, it builds our classic family library. If it wasn't worthy of reading to my grandchildren, then that tells me it wasn't a great book and we get rid of it or we pass it on to another homeschooling family or a family that might be interested in it. And that has helped keep our library very intentional Mm -hmm. and it has a high standard for what we keep because I want it to be like a generational library. And so that's kind of how we approach all different items within our home is there's a series of questions I go through on whether it or not it's worth keeping in the home. And it has to serve a purpose. Every item in our home has to serve a purpose. And so if I can't answer what is the purpose of this item, (laughs) then it shouldn't be in the home. Absolutely. So I wanted you here, like I said, I saw your book and I really wanted to get my hands on it and read it. And on the back, I'm just reading through it. It says that Jody's whole person and whole family approach shows you how to understand your personality and those of your spouse and children, create a simple, wholesome home environment, make healthy and nourishing meals, stay active as a family, prioritize spiritual growth and serving together and affirming one another and more. 
I want to have you maybe just give me some of your top tips on what it can look like to create the environment of a whole and healthy family. Like we don't have to go through all of these, but if you can just give me some maybe standout thoughts that are in here that would make a reader want to pick it up even more, I guess that's what I'm looking for in this conversation. Yeah, I think the whole idea behind creating a whole and healthy family comes down to really weighing out every decision with great purpose. And so just kind of like how a life of simplicity or minimalism, you have to really control what comes into your home. You know, if you were just to let everything come in, then you're not going to be a minimalist any longer. So it's the same with having this healthy functioning family so much junk can come into your house. And I don't mean just by items. I mean, your schedule, food, everything can just kind of flood in if you're a yes person and you don't think through each decision. And so what I noticed throughout the early years of Jason and I, as we parented, we did not take any decision lightly. And so it could be something as simple as, will I give my child these antibiotics that the doctor prescribed for his ear infection? That was kind of a moment where it was like, like, wait, have I researched this? Is there an alternative way to treat this child? You know, every single thing that came into our home, it was analyzed and researched and discussed and prayed over. And we have this just whole process for anything that would affect our lives physically or mentally or spiritually. And so I think we still practice that. If a child has an opportunity to be a part of a sports team, it's not just a yes or no answer for us. It's hours of weighing pros and cons for that child specifically, also for the family as a whole. And mm -hmm. so we go through how does that affect us financially? What does that look like on our schedule? What does that look like gas-wise? What does that look like logistically? And so these decisions, which I think society would tell you can be quick and just you'll figure it out. They're just heavily weighed with great intention. But by creating that process, we really are controlling this whole and healthy home environment for our children to thrive in. We're giving them margin and time to play. We're giving them space. We're giving them simple choices. You know, their wardrobes are super minimal. And so they don't have a lot of choices, you know, and that simplify it's less traffic for their mind. They all do their own laundry. It's less work for them on a laundry level. It's less costly for us as a family to spend money on clothing. Every single one of those decisions, it's just heavily discussed and thought through. And I look through the whole aspect, not just how will this affect us financially, but how will it affect us mentally, physically, spiritually, and so on. So listening to you say all this, I am on board because we try to do similar things to you. I think we've said yes a lot more recently, probably without thought. And it does get you into trouble because you just look at your schedule and I can manage it. I'm extroverted and I do get energy from being around other people. So it doesn't overwhelm me. But all that to say, I think someone might say, you seem to be doing a lot of thinking, maybe too much thinking. Isn't this overthought? No one has to spend that much time of forethought before making a decision. For me and minimalism, at this point, it's just habit. It's not nearly as much time as someone would think. What do you feel? Yeah, I think you're right. And I mentioned this in the book. Once you create that family culture, it kind of sets this bar to measure everything by. So you're not spending hours and hours for every single decision. Once you've kind of figured out who you are as a family unit, mm -hmm. some of those decisions can come in and it's an immediate no, or some of them can come in and it's a few nights worth of conversing, you know, after the kids go to bed or something. So it's not like it's like this heavy 
process. In the beginning, it was the first decisions, you know, the first time that one of our kids was approached to do travel soccer, it was heavy because it was like, we knew it would start a trajectory for our family. And were we ready for that? And we weren't. And I remember telling the coach, I'm sorry, our family at this time, it does not fit within our family. It's not fair to bring the babies in the cold, you know, just so one kid can play soccer. We're not going to do it. And he laughed and he looked at us and he said, you guys are way too intentional. Mm -hmm. So kind of along the lines that you were asking, but truthfully at the time, it felt like it would hurt the family more than it would help the family Mm -hmm. to send this kid on a travel soccer team. Now, all that to say our children are much older now, and we have kind of streamlined our activities to where they all play the same sport. Our oldest son has changed sports, but the rest of them all play the same sport, and we have decided to keep them all in the same club. So now they are doing club sports, but they're in the same club together, practicing on the same nights and playing in the same locations. So we are in that world now, but even by choosing that, you know, my daughter wanted to do gymnastics and we were like, okay, well, if we do gymnastics, you realize that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, everyone will be doing soccer. And then on Mondays and Wednesdays, we would miss dinner with the family because we would be doing gymnastics. So I think family time is probably more important than that right now but we'll get a trampoline and I'll teach you how to do a back handspring. (laughs) And, you know, so there's ways to kind of meet the needs of those kids without taking away from the family time. Mm -hmm. And so she ultimately ended up choosing to do soccer on the same time as the siblings. And so we're all at the field together on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that's kind of a way of how we still allowed it to come into our lifestyle, but it's still intentional in the way that we have minimalized the activities so that we have time together in the evenings. Just kind of processing what you're saying about your daughter. Part of me is like, oh, I want her to have the opportunity to do gymnastics, but also it is so important for kids to learn what it's like to be a part of a family unit and a team. And like, you're not going to get everything you want all the time. And so you have to weigh those things. I don't know. I think that there's so much nuance there that you're right. It really comes back to what is best for how we're working together in this season right now. And I love that you guys are all at the soccer field together. That's really wonderful. Oh, it's just so much fun. And I didn't grow up playing soccer. And so now I can play a little bit and we all play together and it's been just a wonderful family activity for all of us. And even though it wouldn't be my daughter's first choice, she has fallen in love with it. Mm -hmm. She's gotten to know the girls on her team and it's just been a really good experience overall. But it's true. A lot of the parents that I have talked to that have read the book have this kind of revelation with the fact that, wait, we can say no to our kids. And Mm -hmm. that actually could be a good thing. You know, they hadn't quite understood. I think in a culture that's like so child focused, Mm -hmm. we feel like we need to give them every experience and introduce them to every sport and have them do everything that their friends are doing. And the truth is the family is the most important. If you take any kind of major crisis, you know, nationally, you can say that the root cause of that was a lack of family. These school shootings and different things that you look into, it comes down to that child's family life. 
Mm-hmm. And so we're missing a big piece of the picture here. When we feel like we're doing everything for our kids, it's actually taking away from our family time together. And that's the foundation that creates really whole and healthy human beings. And mm-hmm. so if you take them away from their family, you're taking away that foundation of good problem solving and critical thinking and all of that. And they're very social led and not parent led. And so now I'm sounding really intentional, <laughs> but it is the truth. I mean, I've done a lot of research on these mass shootings because they're just so heartbreaking. It's like, what is the root? And the root is there wasn't a dad home or available. There was a lot of trauma in that child's life. There wasn't a solid family unit at home. Mm -hmm. And so how can we prevent that with families? Let's spend time together. Let's feed into our children. That's the most important beyond, you know, letting your child decide if they want to do gymnastics or not. Yeah. And I mean, there's compromise there too, which is such an important skill to have as an adult. I mean, I'm finding that in marriage too. We're 11 years in and so many of the fights that we have had, it's like, oh, if we just knew better how to compromise, if we had those skills, which we've taken time to learn. But yeah, it's a very important thing to know how to do in the future. I don't want to come across as some, you know, like uptight person that controls everything. We adapt with our children's needs a hundred percent. And so as my boys got older and that my oldest one got his license, he really wanted to step outside of soccer. He's on the autism spectrum. He does not like being touched. And when you get to high school soccer level, it's very physical. They're shoving, pushing. It is very physical. And he's like, I can't handle it. It's too much for me. So he chose golf. (laughs) Which is very independent and not physical and is really great for his mind. But he was driving so he could drive himself to golf practice every afternoon. And it didn't take away from our family dinners. He was home by dinner time, And so that was an easy adjustment, you know, just because we said, oh, we're only going to focus on soccer doesn't mean it's this like concrete thing. It's more like, hey, you're 16, you can drive you're welcome to go try golf. We're not going to get in your way there. It doesn't affect the family in any way other than we'll miss you when you're gone, you know? So we do adapt. We're always kind of assessing the needs of the kids and how we can best serve them in their growth and all of that. We're not like some concrete model that won't change, you know? No more stressful trips to the fitting room under fluorescent lights. With Armoire, you get to wear quality pieces without the hassle of adding to your wardrobe or paying designer prices. I'll say, as a busy mom of three, I know the importance of treating myself to something special. And Armoire allows me to prioritize quality over quantity in my wardrobe. Plus, Armoire is woman-founded and woman-led, so you can feel good about supporting a business that empowers women. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, try Armoire today. You'll never have to worry about finding the perfect outfit for any occasion again. If you're curious for some of the looks that I've chosen, check out my collaboration highlight on Instagram for a few of my favorite armoire looks. Looks that you can grab too. So right now my listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash minimalist. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalist to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with HomeThreads. HomeThreads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. 
At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on home threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Tacovas is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. So, I mean, I think woven into this conversation, we've talked a lot about personality, understanding the personality and adapting with each different child because we've been talking about sports, we've been talking about staying active as a family. I would assume within that, you talk about making healthy, nourishing meals. What would be one takeaway in that chapter that you'd want listeners to know? It's hard to know where the listeners are on the spectrum of food. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it started with just learning to read labels. And of course, the more ingredients on a label, probably the less healthy it is for you. Mm-hmm. And just to really recognize that food is medicine, it will either nourish your body or it will tear down your body. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you can kind of find the foods that nourish your body, then your body will give back so much more to you. Being in my 40s now, that's more evident than ever. But even with having kids that are in sports and athletics, teaching them how to eat when they're away on tournaments or at games and how to take care of their body with sleep and making decisions like, do they have a soda or do they know since they play a really difficult game tomorrow that they should probably not have sugar Mm -hmm. the night before? You know, it's just really equipping and educating them along the way on what will be fuel for their body versus what will temporarily taste good, but tear down their body. Mm -hmm. And so some kids are better than others at that in my family. (laughs) I have some that are super disciplined Uh that think probably more like me in the sense that they're looking towards the future and they go, oh, I have an 8 a.m. game tomorrow. So I want to be in bed by nine and I'm, you know, going to wake up at six so that I eat a really nourishing meal before. I mean, they're very like methodical. And then I have one who always keeps cash in his pockets to buy Skittles. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just like you win some, you lose some. The point is they're all educated at home about how to make those choices. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to hover around them like some helicopter mom of like, don't eat those Skittles. Although sometimes I'll be like, how many packages did you buy? (laughs) Love it. 
No, I think this is also good. I don't want to let you go before we talk about, you talk about prioritizing spiritual growth, but I really like the idea of serving together. What does intentionality look like in serving together? I think for me, first of all, my husband is like the big server in the family. It is just like his natural bent to want to help people in any situation. In fact, he'll just prioritize that over everything. If he knows that there's a need somewhere, all plans are X'd out and he's ready to help and super admirable in him. It's not my natural go-to, but he has taught me a lot in our 18 years of marriage on the beauty and blessing of serving other people. And the coolest thing about him is he's such a family guy. He always wants to be with his kids and his wife. And so these serving opportunities, even if it was something that just men would be at, you know, like there's a widow that needs firewood for this season. And there's a group of five men that are going to work together and split wood and stack it for her. He would bring all five of my kids to that service opportunity. And the men at first would be kind of annoyed because, you know, there's a splitter and there's these toddlers and kids all around, but he would train them up and teach them the safety aspect of it. And even though the two-year-old twins were only able to pick up one piece of wood at a time and stack it, they were serving and it just would blow the socks off of these men. Like they would, they would just be like so blessed and just appreciative to see a family taking their whole day to do that. And not just the dad, but the kids too. And so that's just a small example. And I give all the credit to Jason on that because I would probably choose to be like more internal on, no, let's work together as a family on our home. (laughs) We have weed eating and other things that need to be done on our property, but he has always looked for opportunities and he brings all of us along for most of them. The beautiful thing about that is being in a community and seeing needs and kind of being attentive to different needs of different families, certain people show up, the same kind of people I think are all service oriented. And so they all show up to these opportunities. And over time, it wasn't just my kids that would show up. These men that would show up previously would start bringing their kids to help too. And so it really created this culture within our community of service where families can serve together. It doesn't just have to be the dad or the mom, the whole entire family can serve. And we watched that just unfold and it was just super cool. And while our kids were on the younger side, now they're on the older side and they're teaching little kids how to stack wood and do different things like that. So that's kind of what it looks like to serve together as a family. We've done some more, you know, stereotypical things like working at soup kitchens and different things like that. But for the most part, service is really just having a pulse on the community's needs. And whether you go to church or whether you're in a certain like social network, always asking people what current needs are, or if people have GoFundMe, you know, accounts, anything like that, just trying to be aware of the needs of the community around you. Absolutely. And that is such a great practice in gratitude. And I think it can start conversations too, that we may not typically find ourselves in when we're serving people of all types. And so I think it's important on many different levels and you do feel so good after you have helped someone. I mean, it can be something really simple and I don't know, there's just nothing like that joy. It's actually joy. It's not just some fleeting happiness or fun. It's like, there's a joy to it. So I'm glad you included that in your book, but where can listeners connect with you online or buy a copy of this book if they want to do so. You can buy the book anywhere, really. Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, anywhere where you choose to purchase books. I'm not sure about local bookstores. You can probably request one and they would get one free there if you choose to shop local. 
So the book is available pretty much anywhere. And then you can find me on my Instagram account, which is Jody Mockabe. That's just J-O-D-I-M-O-C-K-A-B-E-E. Also, my website is jodymockabee.com. And I have kind of archives of blog posts there, but I don't blog very often there. And then I also have a shop where I sell a lot of homeschooling materials there too, which would go along the theme of all of our homeschool materials are very simplified homeschooling five kids with different ages and different things like that, I really had to figure out a mainstream simplified way to homeschool them all together. And so once I figured that out, I wrote a manual on it and have been really enjoying hearing from families that that manual has helped. So you can find me on jodymockaby.com or my Instagram. I'll have to check that out. I'm only homeschooling one child right now, but I'm hoping my son will join us in the next year or so when he starts first grade. So cool. Well, I didn't prep you for this, but I usually ask two quick fire questions at the very end. Really quick. You don't have to spend too much time on them. But the first one is what has been a beneficial resource to you that you'd like to share with the listeners? And this doesn't have to do with anything we talked about but just something that has made a profound impact in your life. I mean, I have mentioned the book Essentialism, and I think that's a great read for people who might be overwhelmed with the idea of being, you know, a minimalist. Essentialism is something that I found just profound. I mean, it's very like common sense, but also just helps remind you that we're to make like essential decisions, not just try to get rid of everything for the sake of eliminating everything, you know? Absolutely. All right. Well, my last question is, what is something that you can't stop talking about? And this can be fun, serious, whatever you find yourself coming back to. (laughs) I'm like a flavor of the month on all kinds of topics. So my husband is always like, okay, what are we into now? Because I'll dive into a subject and just like research it and master is probably the wrong word, but get my fill of it before I'm ready to move on to the next subject. So my current obsession is actually cults. I just find it fascinating because for two different reasons. And this is super candid. So your poor listeners are like, who is this crazy lady? But one, I tend to be, I can go very extreme on any subject. If I research the heck out of it and feel confident about it, I can go extreme. And and my book even talks about that of just like with food, I got so extreme about going as pure as possible that it was just borderline neurotic, you know, like you have to have moderation And so I can go very extreme. And so reading these books about cults is super interesting because I can see characteristics of cult followers that are looking for that same thing, that, that extremeness, you know, there's just this like draw to be outside of the box and look for something bigger. And so anyways, I'm really enjoying reading different cults because they all have a common thread and I can see some tendencies in myself that could go there. And so I feel like learning about them and kind of recognizing like, this is where extreme turns into paranoia, (laughs) then that's where I can kind of stop myself and say, okay, let's move on to a different subject before I take this to the extreme. So, you know, to help your listeners, I did mention the food thing, but I'll mention something that's not even in the book. I went through this like non-showering thing for a while. This is years ago when I started reading just how bad the treated water is for you and how daily showers like strip your good bacteria, your largest immune system is your skin. So when you're just stripping your immune system with like daily showers, you're leaving yourself just super exposed, you know, for illness. And so this is years and years ago, but I think I I was like, I'm going to try at least just two weeks between shower. Like I kept pushing it. And of course I would use like a rag to wash my sure. armpits and stuff. 
stuff. But I just kind of kept pushing it. Like, how long can I go without washing my hair? Well, the longer I went, the more the oils in my head like adjusted. So I didn't even need to wash my hair. (laughs) That gives you an example of just like the extremity that I can go on certain things. And so it's always good to have some kind of accountability. And so reading about these cult books is just always a good reminder of like, okay, there's a difference between being like informed and enjoying pushing the limits or being outside of the box. And then there's a difference between going like straight paranoia Mm -hmm. and, you know, like too far in a situation. So I think it's my way of keeping myself in check. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can relate to everything that you're saying. I have an extreme personality and I get pretty obsessed with things. I'm a very strong Christian, but I'm very into stoicism right now. Marcus Aurelius and the Ryan Holiday podcast. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's more so just an awareness of the present moment, gratitude, an awareness of mortality that I think we're really lacking here in our country. I find that a lot of it does kind of bump up against Christianity. So I can't like really say that it's a faith-based thought process, but I think a lot of it is probably inspired by world religions and it's excellent. But all that to say, I can see how it can be a personality thing to just become obsessed with things and hyper-focus on things that it can become, I don't want to say it's paralyzing, but I did the same thing with food 10 years ago. And I mean, I got to just a really unhealthy mental place with it because it's like, I can't eat anything at a restaurant because it has oil that I can't control. And it's like this and that. And I mean, the stress and cortisol was probably killing me way faster than that oil. Right. So I feel like I could talk to you forever, but we actually are about to lose our Zoom call. But this was so wonderful. And I just really hope that listeners go out and grab a copy of this book. It's all the things. It's just a good, simple method to parent. So I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. I had a good time. What did you think of the episode? If you enjoyed this conversation, I want to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review is the best way you can help this podcast continue to succeed and grow. Again, thank you to everyone who supports The Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving those rating and reviews, or following along on social media at Minimalist Moms Podcast. As always, I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com, and there you can find links to the Instagram account, my Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.